are you accountable for your life? Like, do you take your, your life seriously? And if you do, then it's really important to name what those things are and put a plan in place to make them happen. Because the truth is in business, if you don't have a plan, you're not going to make anything happen. You can't, it's just, that's, that's silly. It's, it's, it's insane to me on this side of this advice that I didn't have a plan for all the areas of my life that I was entrusted with. I love that line. Do you take your life seriously? Everybody would say yes. And then if you leaned in and said, prove it. Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. And here's your host, Alan Kemper. Well, welcome to another episode of the Four Fires Podcast. My name is Alan Kemper, and today I'm here with my good friend, uh, David Harbin. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so... It's a great um, idea, by the way. What, the, the podcast? Oh, it's a great idea, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk, and from time to time people listen, so this yeah. is kind of this is a fun, fun way to uh, I get to hang out with friends and talk about things that matter. Um, so today, uh, I wanted to jump into a little bit of your Four Fires journey. Um, you've been kind of thinking about things four-dimensionally for... Two, two, three, two, three years. Two, now. three years now. And uh, so um, today's topics are going to kind of range from, you know, what is your story to, you know, hey, we named this ideal and uh, what's the reality of trying to live into this ideal. So I think this is, this is a little bit of kind of the nitty gritty of, uh, yeah, great idea, you know, for this four dimensional thing, but. What does it really look like, uh, you know, when the rubber meets the road? So why don't, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction of who you are, what you do, uh, yeah, where, where, yeah, who you are, what you do now, and then we'll uh, we'll dig in from there. So uh, I'm a entrepreneur. I started uh, Harbinger Marketing seven years ago. I've started and been involved in starting a couple other businesses as well. Some that have failed, some that have succeeded, some that are still doing well. Uh, but Harbinger is uh, my primary job, and uh, that I run run a marketing agency. Uh, we have a, a team of about fifty five, and we basically become the marketing department for a company entirely. And we do everything from web to video to branding to social media and SEO, digital ads, direct mail, and everything in between. And uh, that's kind of how I started. I have uh, a wife and two kids. Uh, wife is Kristen, kids Esther and Charlie, six and five years old. And uh, yeah, live in Tyrone, Georgia. Been there my whole life. Three generations now of Harbins. Have an awesome family legacy. And uh, I think that's the, the summation of yeah. my story, the, the quick version. Yeah. So what... Um, so... So you and I met, gosh, you and I met several during during your college years, um, but uh, we reconnected a little later in your professional career, um, and that's kind of when we started talking about this idea of living four-dimensionally. Um, give us a, an overview of where you were at that point in time, um, professionally, personally, in your spiritually, physically, kind of in all the areas. 
Yeah, you, you called me at a strange time because I think I was three years in the building, building the business at that time. And when I got a, you know, when you popped up on my phone, I think the last time we had talked was college where you, uh, at the time said I didn't need to get a business degree. Just go out out and do it. (laughs) Just go out and do it. And actually at that time I was going into the ministry and then God had a clear change for me and then I got into business. But at that particular time, I had just, uh, you know, three years into starting a business, working probably 70, 80 hours a week on average. Um, You had a pretty decent sized business. I mean, you, you know, as a young guy, I remember thinking you had a lot of employees that you were managing yeah. early on. Had about 20, 23 employees at that time. And, uh, yeah, it was growing like crazy. It was taking off, and uh, I was just figuring it all out, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and really just, just working a lot. And at the, also at the time, I just finished another entrepreneurial startup that I tried to do in real estate, and it wasn't working out, but it, it – Professionally, I was putting all of my logs on that fire for sure during that mm-hmm. season. And so when you called, um, it was at a pivotal time where you know, I would have, honestly, I was never going to go to any conference. I just didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, when you invited me to the summit, I was like, I don't need another networking opportunity. That's how I thought at the time yeah. uh, because I was like, I already have more business than I can take right now. I'm just trying to grow and find the right people. But then... When we worked out a way for me to come to the summit and justify it because <laughs> we were bartering and you're paying me to bring my team and do video work, I was like, okay, well, but I'm so glad that I did. And in retrospect, man, yeah, I'm so glad you offered that because I wouldn't have gone otherwise. Yeah. That, that's um, the Entrepreneur Summit that yeah, we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. The, the, um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. Yeah. So, 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 you know, you were at a state of, the business is all consuming. Um, you were, you know, newly married, you know, there's newly there's a father, newly a father. Kids. Yep. Young kids. Um, you, you've always been a person of faith. That's always been kind of woven into your, your story from early on. Um, Where'd you feel like, so, so you, you said, okay, well, I'm building this business. I'll come to this entrepreneur summit. I'll meet some people. It'll be good for me to get to do some business and maybe I'll get some business opportunities out of it. What did, and I don't guess, I don't guess we'd really talked about the four fires as a lifestyle philosophy at that point. No, not at all. I, I, I came basically just, I mean, with very little context. I just knew entrepreneurs getting together. Sounds like a good time. Alan says, It'd be good, and um, yeah, I came. So, what's what? What was your takeaway? So, you go to this, you go to this summit, and we talk about what are the four fires. And at that point in time, that was really the only place that we were that we were sharing this idea. I mean, we didn't have a podcast, and you know, for lead advisors, which is is my consulting firm, we weren't we weren't very open about this four fires philosophy. It was only really something that we shared with our people that we were doing executive coaching with. Um, so would you, what were your takeaways, uh, kind of aha moments at that point in your life? Yeah. So like you said, uh, my faith has been, uh, strong for many, many years and it is probably worth telling uh, the backstory of how I went to the college that you taught at point yeah. university for ministry. 
Um, and then because I, I think it's helpful background. Um, I got out of college after my senior internship. That was the very last course that I had to take. Yeah. And I didn't have any other credits at the time other than that. So I did a senior pastor internship. And honestly, I hated almost every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why, why wait to the senior year to do that? Um, but I realized that I had a great passion for ministry, hmm. for investing in, in people and leading people and in uh, preaching. I loved preaching. That was the yep. only part of the internship that I enjoyed. I got to preach one time. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else was not at all me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know you probably talk about the disc profile. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I did not have a disc profile for a pastor. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So in in business, what I what I realized it, through through prayer and God working in my heart is that the, that my business can be my my ministry, mm. that my connectedness to God is not dependent upon my profession, mm. that uh, God is most glorified in me when I'm best operating in the way He created me to operate, and I mean I've been an entrepreneur since I was seven six seven years old. I remember I, I would go buy knives from a catalog online by in bulk and go to the church picnic and open up a briefcase and sell knives yeah. to all the people at the church picnic. And then I would buy another set of bulk knives and give it to my friends to go to their churches and do yeah. the same thing. I mean, I had a whole, it, it was, it was awesome. That's how I bought my very first computer to start, uh, coding websites. Um, was because you had bought these knives. Other, yeah, yeah. Just Selling knives on yeah, looking for it was going well until I got a couple of calls from some angry fathers. They're like, <laughs> "You sold don't get a knife. Don't sell my daughter a knife." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah. so anyway, when when I was um, senior year, that was also as soon as I graduated, I got married, and when I did some premarital counseling with my wife um, at an awesome um, counseling center called Christian Families Today, and I learned something that I don't know how I missed in 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 growing up in the church. Mm. And it's this idea that God really wants us, if we're walking in the spirit and walking with him, to do what we're made to do, to mm. do what we're created to do. Yep. And so I felt this real freedom to to jump into creating this business because I loved it. It was my passion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we had plans to move to, to seminary and we had picked out our apartment up north. All those things were going on and God just made it very clear kind of a miraculous, I won't go into that story, but a miraculous way of making it clear that I was supposed to, to stay here and, and build Harbinger. And so at the time when uh, when you called to answer your question about kind of where my forefires were, um, me and my wife talked about it, that, hey, this is the this is the season where it's going to be really hard, where I'm going to have to put a lot of hours into this business and building it because, you know, it's important. And this, mm-hmm. is, the, this is the mission, and this is part of what it takes mm-hmm. you know, to start a business. And we were in agreement and alignment on that. Um, and I think that in retrospect, I probably took that a little too far. Yeah, yeah. It was 70, 80 hours a week, and I was only home one day a weeknight uh, for dinner with, the, with uh, Kristen and the kids. And uh, we both paid a lot, of, a lot of sacrifices during those years. Yeah. And so showing up at the, the summit, this idea of the connectedness and my commitments as a result of that was not new, but the thing that really struck me was when Justin talked about the four fires, and I don't know if it was him or someone else in our group, group used the word stewardship, mm. and I realized that uh, you know God has entrusted me with these four areas, mm. 
And it is always going to be a juggling For sure. routine. And um, it's not original to me, but the idea of some balls that you juggle are glass, mm-hmm. some that are rubber. Was that you? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. you? Yeah. Um, my wife uses that now, so she, she says, well, you know. Some of them you can let bounce. Exactly. And some of them you exactly. better not let bounce. Exactly. Yep. So the idea of stewardship is that God has entrusted me to be a good steward in all of these areas of my life. Yeah. And it was just pivoting my attention to realizing, like, you know, some of these areas are I'm never going to have the opportunity again, yeah. right, to to have those years of when my kids are two and three years old. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I I after the first night session at the summit when we were talking about the four fires, I remember going away and actually calling Kristen and being, you know, just like, hey, this is what I'm, we're talking about and this idea of four four areas of life, and I feel like uh, I'm a little off balance. And she <laughs> laughed, and she's like, uh, yeah, no joke. <laughs> she's, she's like, that's part of the plan. That's that, that's part of the plan. That's right. what we talked about. Like, this is, a, this is a season. And I said, well, I think this season's coming to an end. Oh, interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just from from that moment, it was – starting not not immediately to be able yeah. to change but i began putting a plan in place to be a healthier um honestly i don't even know if it's i mean healthier is probably true but i began putting a plan in place to be an intentional intentional good steward in each of those areas of, mm-hmm. of my life and the it didn't happen overnight yeah you know i but i came home and i said okay right now i come home one day a week for dinner yeah you know, in a month from now, I'm going to be home two days a week. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. in two months after that, I, I put it in writing. Yeah, I said, wow. this is what I'm going to do. And then looking at the other areas of life, I did much the same thing. And I just began to put in writing, you know, thanks to your your advice, yeah. um, to, to name it. Hmm. The whole idea of you can't, you know, measure or you can't you manage. You can't manage what you can't measure. Yeah. yeah. So if, if I wanted to know, am I being a good steward or not? The only way I'm going to know is if, if I, if I write it down and because of my faith, I believe that one day I'm going to stand before my creator and give an account for my life and what I've done. And so I want to be a good steward. And I think of the the parable of the, the talents and and the idea that, Hey, we're all given different measures according Mm -hmm. to what we're able to do. And I feel like God has given me a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, blessings yeah. and the people in my life, the family, the, the family I grew up in, the team members that have just joined Harbinger for, for sure. who knows what reason. God only knows. Yeah. It's his, you know, it's his blessing, obviously. But it's being a good steward of that. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's really directionally what changed at the summit. Yeah, was that was that scary? Like so when we have these things that we are pouring all of ourselves into, especially, especially as guys, we put a ton of our identity in and around our work. Like, was it, was that kind of a scary moment for you to have to say, Hey, I'm intentionally choosing to reallocate some of my time and energy away from this thing that, you know, has been this, the, a, a strong fire in your life. Like, was that, or 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 did it just feel like natural and progressive, like we're we're. That was definitely scary. I mean, that particular time, I think it was February when the summit was, 
it was probably the worst time in the business to start stepping away. At least yeah. that's what I felt like. I mean, the the business was growing at 90, 90 plus percent that year. Mm. And I didn't have any investors or startup capital. I mean, I was I was literally making a sale, <laughs> having interviewed someone two months prior, having them sit there, and as soon as I got the signed contract, pull the trigger on hiring someone. Like that's the way the business grew. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, stepping out at that point was very difficult. But one thing I definitely know now in hindsight is that by me being a healthier, happier, more fulfilled, more well-rounded. Uh, winner at life definitely mm-hmm. has made me win better in business has be- made me a better leader of harbinger mm. um, but i think the fear was primarily around i know i'm good at this like i know i'm mm. crushing this yeah. so let's uh let's now go uh start that bench press and experience a, a new type of challenge yeah. that i'm not quite you know winning at yet yeah so yeah, it's it's definitely uncomfortable, I'd say. So when um, so at that point, and and a lot of a lot of the guys that we run into, we, we find them in moments where they're where they really are winning professionally, like they are having a lot of success in that in their professional fire. Um, at that point in life, what did you think? What do you think was was kind of the fire that you were least attentive to, or was it was struggling the most? probably the the people fire followed by the physical fire yeah um yeah i mean i don't think that uh i would ever recommend someone going through a season without you know obviously and and it's like kristen and i don't regret that season Mm -hmm. because we talked about it we agree we're in alignment but i'll say that definitely that that is something that i wish i had planned better yeah yeah i this it's is, part of the price, I think, is, but I, I wish I had, I could have made sacrifices elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, one of the things, commonalities I've noticed from these people who are tend to be pretty exceptional and win is that there are seasons of intense focus. You know, um, Allison and I had that season when I was in my doctorate program and starting lead and full-time professor there was like just this like really really intense season of professional investment and at the same time knowing what I know now I would go back and kind of like what you said I would do it a little bit different Um, because I think there's some minimal efforts that you can put in yes uh, that would have kept my physical fire a whole lot healthier 100% or there's some minimal efforts that I could do to stay spiritually healthier or have even, I mean, if I can't fit in a date night, like in those busy times is when I have to be so much more intentional. I think that would be the thing. I would just be more intentional in that. 100%. In that um, even, even time with, yeah, exactly. You, the The seasons of me working that much are not over and even – Leading up to this interview, I had a situation that has made me work 12, 14-hour days at Harbinger, but it's a season, mm-hmm. and it's a well-defined season. Some, something happened. I had to, to pick up uh, new responsibilities, and I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down with Kristen. I said, this is going to happen. 
Mm. Um, we're going to build a plan so that we drop as few of those balls as, as needed and the ones that can bounce can bounce. And so as an example, I, I got even better on my diet, yeah. but the gym is, is temporary, temporarily on pause, but my diet is, is on point. Yep. Um, like ordering some pre-made, you know, uh, fresh, healthy meals I can yep. take to work and that way I don't go through the drive through things like that. And then, uh, you know, on the weekends, making sure that I say no to some activities and some optional things so that I can have very intentional times with the family. And I can, you know, we, we actually pulled out a calendar that, that I had and I built one for her and me as well so I could block them out. We actually had four colors for yeah. each of the four fires and said, okay, well, wow. we can do it at this time. This will be our family time. This night of the week, I'll absolutely be home for this reason. And then this is how I'm going to fit in that extra 12 to 14 hours of work. So on this mm-hmm. night, I can come home and I can put the kids to bed, but I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about being intentional. There's yeah. no, yeah, I wish I, I, and maybe one day I'll get to a season in life where I can have the schedule that I really want. I think that Harbinger is getting to that point where I can have that schedule. But yeah. the point is that you have to be intentional and block it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the things, and I think you're, I think you're hitting on some of the, some of the things that, that make the four fires challenging is that what we're doing is we're naming an ideal, right? Like when we talk about a four dimensional man who, oh my gosh, you know, they're, you know, they're professionally, they're great at their craft. They're well-resourced. Um, that in their people fire, that they have great friendships and that those, those friendships are rich and they have lots of time spent and in investing in, you know, they get to laugh with their buddies and that their, their family relationships are healthy and that their physical, you know, that they're, they feel good because they're exercising and they're eating all the time and they're super connected to their creator because they're spending good soul time, quiet time, and they're living into these, you know, kind of like, the day-to-day, you know, spiritual activities, like, man, what an ideal. Like, this is, this, would, this is the hopes of all of our mothers. When they were holding us, you know, in their hands, like, our mothers would have hoped that we would turn out this way. Um, and then life happens. <laughs> and, then, and then there is chaos. And then there is all of the things. And, and as well-intentioned as we are, you know, um, it's it's uh it is hard to it's hard to press against that so tactically like for you because i know i know there have been seasons when when things are busy things are harder than they are in other seasons so what are you doing uh very specifically to put these guardrails up um to be more intentional than you were maybe even before you were aware of the four fires. Yeah, so like one thing uh, in the connectedness fire, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I hate going without a quiet time, mm-hmm. a really intentional time where I, you know, in, in the word and in prayer. But if nothing else, before I head out that door, I turn on a, a, a devotional. Mm-hmm. I have one I listen to by John Piper, and it's a very short daily devotional. Yep. I just you know, can always get that in, at least start my day centered, start it right, right? Even even the music that I listen to, you know, 
uh, <laughs> when I'm really deep in a spreadsheet or you know really working on a difficult problem I could listen to some rock music or country music but instead you know maybe I'm listening to some hymns you know mm-hmm. like that's a small decision but it does yeah. help me stay 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 centered and grounded yeah. and then the physical the physical side I found that if I just am careful about what I put in my mouth, I can cover a lot of bases. For sure. And I, I use intermittent fasting yep. as a tool because, you know, when I'm trying to build muscle, I'm trying to eat a calorie um, surplus. surplus. And... Um, but when I'm not working out, I don't need to eat a calorie surplus. Yeah. And so then I calorie restrict and kind of use these seasons of, of work to mm-hmm. basically do a cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a good idea. And so I intermittent fast, drink lots of carbonated water, black coffee, those kinds of things, and then usually don't eat until two or three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I try to break my fast with some protein, and then just have essentially one meal at the end of the day. And that's that's how I do that. The physical fire. Um, another strategy that my 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 coach taught me was just mm-hmm. doing push-ups in the morning. You know, if you'll just get that blood pumping. Oh, well, so that's that's a good one as well. Um, and then on the family side. It's just, this, this is the one that I wish I had done better. It's mm-hmm. like just stopping and slowing down for two minutes to get on Esther and Charlie's level before I walk out the door. Uh, yeah. And just talk to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's not that's not a big ask. That's not a big lift. Yep. And, or, or just like picking them up something from my office. That, and I don't care what it is. If I bring them something. I thought of you. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um. You know, even just going in the room, I know they're falling asleep by the time I maybe got back in that limbo state. But I've been surprised. At, you know, I come and kiss Esther's mm-hmm. head, and she'll wake up in the morning and say, I remember that. You, you came mm-hmm. and kissed me last night. Mm-hmm. You know, small things like that make a big difference. And then with Kristen, just making sure that I set aside, you know, salt 30 minutes at the end of the day just to, to have a conversation, just to talk and not talk about work. Yeah. Um, Again, I could have done all of those things. Yep. Because I'm doing them now. My work schedule this particular, you know, couple weeks, which is going to come to an end. It's not going to be very long. But this couple weeks, I could have done that back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's just being just that much more intentional during those seasons. It's being tactical. It's like take take what I'm doing, what I do in business, and just apply the <laughs> that apply. logic to yeah. the other areas of life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, and I think that, I think actually it gives me a greater sense of control when I feel overwhelmed in, like, say, in the professional area of my life. Like, everything seems like, oh, my gosh, I'm just trying to hold it together. If I, it's interesting, my natural tendency would be throw my hands up in the air and let go of all of my other four fires um, so that I can put my hands firmly on, you know, the professional fire because it's the tyranny of the urgent. But what I have found is that if I will just be, you know, make myself get a workout in, make myself spend that 30 minutes with my wife, it actually centers me and keeps me from feeling so overwhelmed in this other area. And it, yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't, sometimes I can't take a whole day off like my, like I might want to. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what's that thing you say where it's like solving a problem starts with awareness? Yeah. Aware, yeah. So awareness, ownership, and then discipline. Um, awareness, right? But, that's, that's the thing. That's mm-hmm. where it starts. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that moment of like, I am keeping these four fires alive. 
Yeah. Like I am, and if I don't put fuel on it, um, fires go out. I do. So. Yeah, like even even small things like when when someone feels like they don't have any time left or any energy left to give to their family. One thing that I did was I just started going on a bike ride with a carriage behind the bike with the kids. Yeah. And because I I'm an introvert and I love silence. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like you can't hear them when they're on the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, yeah. But they they just love it. They yeah. just love it. And, they, and to them, they had a fun hour with dad, and I got to get exercise in. Uh huh. I got to enjoy true silence because for whatever reason they don't they don't talk. Yeah. They just love they like look around. Yeah. They love it. But again, if I was if I were just aware, I could have done that back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the things uh, as we as we keep digging into this idea of the four fires, that there's certain hacks that help you go further faster. And one of them is is kind of this idea of the hybrid activities. You know, how do we um, like, hey, I can go work out or I can work out with a buddy and we can talk while now some people hate the, you know, talking while you work out. But um, some, I know some guys who they, they're listening to sermons, um, while they're working out other people, like what you said, like, Hey, I'm, you know, one of the big things that I've been doing with my wife is, um, she likes to, she likes to walk around the neighborhood and I don't particularly love just walking, but I'll throw on my ruck vest, you know, or my, uh, you know, my weighted vest and I'll go on a ruck with her while she walks, and, and we'll have, you know, that's kind of our debrief time. That's where we get our 30 minutes nice. of the day. That's good. Um, and at least I'm getting some kind of exercise in, and I'll maybe do lunges, you know, long long step lunges while we're walking, and everybody in the neighborhood thinks I'm crazy because I'm wearing, like, a flak jacket and <laughs> walking around the neighborhood doing lunges. But, you know, you gotta you got you to gotta be creative around some of those things. And I think those the awareness helps create some guardrails um, so that we don't get so unbalanced. Because um, I think the tendency is, oh my gosh, everything's on fire in one area, yeah. and let's forget all of the other areas. And, and I think that's why tying it back to stewardship, for me, uh-huh. changes everything. Okay. Because in my business, when I feel like I need to be in, in, in the weeds, or mm-hmm. I have a lot of work to do, I'd step back and ask myself, why is that, right? Mm. If I believe that this is my mission, this is my calling, like mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do this, that is part of my commitments to others, right? Right. If I'm not supposed to do this, then why am I doing it, yeah. right? But I actually believe that in those seasons, like I've made that intention, I've made that decision intentionally, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm doing this to serve my team because right. I, I love this business, I love what it provides, I want to see it grow. I want to see it thrive. I want to see the people in it thrive. Yeah. And so I'm doing this, but it's out of my connectedness, right? Mm-hmm. And then I can also see the, the the vision of what it provides for my family in the future. Mm-hmm. And then it, now that activity, psychologically, well, it's also benefiting them, right? right. Versus before, it felt in, it just felt like instinctual and reactive of just like, oh, yeah, just throw myself at the business. But then everything else you think that you're saving time and not thinking about it, but you're actually making it just all more difficult. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is about creating significance and meaning for the work that we're doing. Um, 
And a lot of times that's connecting them to, you know, one of the things that's interesting, and, and we'll talk about this in another podcast, is, you know, the kind of the ranking and the importance of the different fires. You know, we name all four of these fires, but it turns out there's a there's an order that the world will recognize us for. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, sneak peek, uh, specifically for men, you know, the world's going to recognize you first for your professional fire. And that's where they're going to applaud you and give you your accolades. And then, then they're going to recognize you for your physical fire. And then they're going to recognize you for your people fire, essentially, as long as you don't have a train wreck of a family, uh, everything's okay. And then they don't even ask, nobody's asking about your purpose fire. Um, but if you ask your creator, order of importance, which one does God care about, which fire, give me a rank order, is the most important, you know, it's, it's, it's the inverse. It is, you know, clearly he's going to say, look, your relationship with me is the most important thing. And then I care about your relationships with other people, mm. right? Your people fire is your second most important fire to me. And then, hey, your body is a temple, and I gave you that temple, and I want you to take care of it. And then fourthly, hey, I put you here to do good work, and I want you to do good work while you're here. Do all things as though working for God. Like, but, but what the world will recognize but, and what our God requires is almost, well, yeah. it is. It is. It it's is, inverse. Yeah. Um, and so it's so easy for us to... Um, to to kind of fall victim, fall prey to this idea of what the world will praise me for, and I think that's you know it, it's so easy for me to to lean into oh well I need to I need to run this big business because that's where I'm going to get all the kudos yeah. and the pats on the back. But what you're talking about is you're connecting your business activities and business actions yeah. to your purpose. Um, and it and that's that's what stewardship is. It's like if you really believe. That and if and if I'm going too far down a tangent, stop me. But no, if, if you really believe that you are a steward and that God created you and He gave you your life, right? I actually, have I told you about the game I play in my mind? Uh, well, the, you, not, but, I don't know. Tell me okay, about the game. So I I, uh, I imagine for a moment whenever whenever I'm in a situation, what if none of this is real? Don't. Yep. You know, not like the Elon Musk, uh, but yeah. But like, what what, what if? Yep. Like, I don't actually believe this, but I like playing the game because I actually think it recenters me. I say, what if all of this is given to me mm. as a test, and this is just me and God? Yep. And everything else around me, it's not real. And then to some degree, you know, the scriptures teach us, and even scientists are finding now that the, there's other dimensions that are more real than what I don't even know what all that means. But the truth is that this afterlife, no matter how you think about it, you're going to be dead a lot longer than you're going to be alive. Right. So it is more real to some degree. Yeah. So if you believe that this is not as real as it gets even, yeah. then the question is everything that God has put in your path, every situation, whatever we call it, good or evil or bad, or you know, all of that is kind of irrelevant, and it's a test of what are you going to do, right? Mm. How are you going to manage steward what I've just placed in front of your life. Mm. And so I think to myself, well, if none of this is real, how would I act? And if I don't mm. care about the accolades of man for my business, how would I act? Yeah. And it kind of recenters me because the truth is, whether that's true or not, right, my decisions, my actions should be the same. 
Mm-hmm. That may be a little crazy, but it it helps me think through if I truly am playing for the audience of one who is my creator, then my only job is to take what he's given me and steward it well. Yeah. That's all I, that's 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 what I feel like I have to do. Yeah. Well, that's interesting like the so somebody gave me a definition of righteousness one time as essentially right choices. Like if if righteousness is just the right choice, yeah. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But what you're talking about is this idea of looking at your life and all the choices and the decisions in your life from a perspective of, hey, there might be a right choice here. Yeah. And I've got all of these whispers coming in from all these different influences telling me, oh well. This is the right choice if what you want is to feel good. Yeah. And this is the right choice if what you want is to look good. And this is the right choice if what you want is to be, you know, applauded and respected. But what's the right choice if, like you said, if you're playing for the audience of one? And navigating life so that your choices align with the choices that God would desire you to make. 100%. Like, and, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, and I, I don't want to linger here too long, but I actually think it's the most impactful thing in my life. When I went to premarital counseling and when I stopped pursuing pastoral ministry as a vocation and went into marketing, it was really in this understanding that all of my needs have been met in my Creator. Hmm. So... I think whenever anyone has a bad choice in their life and we look at anyone and said, ah, they've gone down a bad path, all that they have actually done is taken something that's good and looked to it for their identity to meet their needs, right? Mm-hmm. Human beings, they need to be loved, they need to be respected, they need to feel like they're enough, they need to feel like they're okay. Like all of those things are needs that humans will have met. Yeah. They're going to get them met. They're going to chase them somewhere. And most of the time, we learn from a you know early age that it's in their in your performance. Mm-hmm. What are your grades? How are you doing? Right? How do you look? How good are you in sports? Are you winning? Right? But the truth is that if you look at anyone who's winning in those areas, right, the best possible athlete in the world who's achieved the most, does that bring happiness? Does that bring joy? Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's that's why it's not in having. Uh, you know, a healthy body that brings me satisfaction and joy, it's in stewarding it well. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, no matter what I do, I mean, there's always going to be someone that is outperforming me in business or in my physical. Like, there's there's nothing that I can do to, to achieve mm-hmm. the very top. And the truth is, anyone who has achieved the top in any area of life, they can look and find somebody in another area that they're exactly, and most of those people are happy. They're they're not happy, right. and they're yeah. usually a disaster. Yeah. Um. And so what I learned is that this this idea that I won't have my needs met anywhere else mm-hmm. unless I learn to be connected to my Creator mm-hmm. and have those needs met. Because in in Him I'm enough. In yeah. Him I'm okay. In Him I don't have to own the biggest business or bench press four hundred pounds. Right. right? All I need to do is be a good steward of what he's given me. Yeah, yeah. And it does mean being intentional with what yeah. he's given you, but but it's not a uh, – th- there's 
our identity, connecting our identity. Yeah, it's all identity. Yep. There's some, and we could do a whole podcast and just on yeah. identity. Um. So. All right. So that's so that's good. So we're. If you think about somebody who is stepping into this four fires journey, you've been in it for three years. You know, at one point, you know, you were the naive guy who got on the phone with your wife and said, "Hey, I'm going to be four dimensional." Well, maybe not even naive. You were you, maybe you were pretty intentional on like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna like begin to step into this progressively." Um, in fact, I take that back. I think you were actually probably as uh, deliberate as many people. I know a lot of people will get in. And I they, still didn't. I didn't. I didn't know the a way to talk about it. You provided a framework for me to to talk about it. Yeah, well, and and it's not naming anything new. I mean, I mean, it's just an uncovering of the things that have always been there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just putting it. It's it's just a framework to talk about it in. But um. So what's your what's your advice for somebody who you know? This is the first time that they're listening to this podcast and they're going, I mean, you know, okay. Oh, I just found out. I've just now became aware that I have a physical fire and that I have a professional fire and that I have a people fire and I have a purpose fire. Um, okay. Now I'm aware. What do you say? What do you say to that person as they're stepping into this four fires journey? I think the uh, the number one question that that person should ask themselves is, "Are you accountable?" Mm. Mm. The because that's that's so important to answer. Like, are you accountable for your life? Like, do you take your your life seriously? And if you do, then it's really important to name what those things are and put a plan in place to make them happen. Because the truth is, in business, if you don't have a plan, you're not going to make anything happen. You can't. It's just that's that's silly. It's 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 insane to me on this side of this advice that I didn't have a plan for all the areas of my life that I was entrusted with. It's kind of like I, I was telling my my small group. I said, if a businessman came to you and said, "I'm going to give you a million dollars to go start a business tomorrow," uh, do you think you'd have a plan? You think you'd like figure out what your costs are, like where you're going to get your your supply and your customers and your marketing and like I mean you would obviously hire a harbinger but <laughs> for your marketing you, yep. you would have a plan yeah and it's like and then I asked my small group I said which one's more important to you a million dollars or your life yeah. and obviously it's their life yeah so think of your life as valuable think of your life as important that's that's really what it comes down to and the truth is that I feel like the natural state of man, the natural tendency of our culture is to think about uh, just happiness. What's mm. what's going to make me happy in the moment? Mm-hmm. But the truth is like happiness in the moment, not really, not really happiness, right? No. What is a, you know, a daily dose of cocaine and uh, I mean, you name all the stuff that you could, yeah. that's going to make you happy in the moment, but that's not going to make you happy 50 years from now. Yeah. And so it's it's more of like thinking about where is true happiness found, and I believe that there's only one place true happiness is found, and it's in the Creator of who made all these things that we enjoy, mm-hmm. and and that's where it just comes down to being accountable, being a steward, and understanding that you know our joy really is found in pursuing the one who gave us all of these things to steward, and us stewarding them well is just a way of connecting with 
with him. Hmm. So that's a it's a long long answer, but I think it comes down to just being accountable and and really just thinking deeply about your future and your life and why you're here. What? I love that line. Do you take your life seriously? Like I think that's a like well, well duh, everybody would say yes, and then if you leaned in and said, "Prove it." Yeah. Show me how you're serious about yeah. your life because the only things that I'm serious about I'm inten- like one of the things we talk about in the four fires is live intentionally. Yeah. Um you said what- you said something didn't mean to cut you off but you said something on your consulting side that I think applies very well and you said if I ask most business owners how's your business they're going to pull out a P&L and a balance sheet and be like boom there it is. Mm-hmm. And you ask well how are your people and they're like, I don't know. And I think the uh I think it applies to us because it's like if you ask any business person how's their business they got to have an answer. They're def- they have an answer. Oh, for sure. But if you say, how's your marriage? How's your relationship with your kids? How's your health? I didn't have an answer for any of those things. Yeah. But now I can tell you, you know, here's what my weight was. Here's what it needs to be. Here's how much muscle I'm trying to gain. Here's my goal for when that's going to happen. Here's how my wife rated me in these following areas. Right? Mm-hmm. Here's how I am trying to weight my, you know, relationship with my kids. I Like, I have a plan for all of that now. Yeah. And you... If you don't, if you're not aware, you're not going to own it. You're not going to take action. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think I like that, that point that you make about happiness, like real, um, real satisfaction in life is correlated with growth and progress. Like we are happiest when we're growing and we're progressing. Um, but the irony is growth and comfort rarely coexist. Yeah. It's not um, so. So really, for like this deep, like satisfaction with my life, what I almost need is to be uncomfortable, yeah. like because that's when I grow. Um, yeah, I love and and so that idea of like, don't just go with the flow in your people fire. Yeah. Don't just go with the flow in your physical fire. Like you've got to have a plan. That requires some discomfort. Yeah, and some discomfort's work. good. Yeah. Um. All right. So, let me ask you this question. You jumped into this journey uh, two and a half, three years ago. What's Kristen think? What's her? What? What is? Uh, what's her perspective on this four-dimensional journey that you've been on, Kristen, your wife? Um. She get frustrated with it. Does she? Uh, you know, what, what is? What does she see differently in you? Um, or maybe she wishes? sees a lot more of me. She <laughs> sees more of you, right? I think that yeah, she, that was definitely the best uh, in her mind business retreat that I ever went on, right, <laughs> for right. sure. Because she started seeing a lot more of me. Now, I mean, there's there's no question if she was here, it's in every area of life. She's seeing me win more. She loves it. She's now living according to the four fires and thinking through those things. And yeah, I mean, it, it's helped our marriage tremendously. It's helped our kids. It's helped every, every area of our life. Well, David, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day. I love the question. Um, are you taking your life seriously? And if you are, you should have a plan in every area. Um, so I really appreciate you, um, 
you know, sharing a little bit about your journey and um, what you're doing at Harbinger. Uh, lead, lead and the Four Fires Tribe actually very much appreciates the, the hard work that Harbinger does we to uh, help you. us Thank you. on all of our marketing. Um, so, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It. It's my first podcast, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, we've uh, we've enjoyed doing it. So, um, so go live intentionally, and uh, we will catch y'all on the next episode of the Four Fires Podcast. <laughs>